Hello and welcome to Listics AFL Podcast. I'm your host, John Van Norden, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Sean Lewis. Sean, how are you doing this week, mate? It's a big week. It is a big week. I know, we've had a week off, refreshed, ready to go. I'm doing well. Um, we, uh, we got away for the weekend down the coast and, and made the decision not to uh, record, just simply have a break and um, come back to you guys with some fresh content. Yeah, much needed R and R. So thanks for thanks for waiting. Uh, we'll try to get a couple of episodes out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I guess most importantly for us at this time of year, it's uh, moving into the round three, which for everyone that is involved in Supercoach knows that this is when price rises and falls start to happen. Uh, so it's one of the most important rounds of the year. Obviously, I think after round one, it's probably the most important round because it gives you an opportunity to make changes without having to experience any of the gain or loss of cash yep um for anyone that's ever experienced a key injury at an in round three where a player's gone down early and you lose 60k and uh you're pretty annoyed that you couldn't trade them that one week earlier well this is the time to both correct any mistakes uh and also bring in anyone that um may have surprised you yeah this is this i guess round three always represents a critical time in every super coaches uh year it's the year time of the year when we uh basically make or break um how we're going to do so a lot of us performing well one simple mistake this week could probably see us plummet down the rankings i know two years ago um, a mistake i made in round three um i had to live with for um up until after the buys and pretty much cost me i reckon about ten thousand um positions in the overall rankings and i Finished the season only just scraping inside the top 20,000, which is was not good considering the, the start of the season I had. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I always find it hard because it's a mix of trying to get in the correct rookies and then correct any mistakes. Um, and we're going to talk about a couple of key things here. So uh, training of premiums, should you do it? Training of uh, average rookies, should you do it? Or should you just hold them given the trades are valuable? Um, but we're going to take you through um, just a, a nice little review here. So first of all, um, we're going to look at the studs. So the guys that have been absolutely killing it, uh, that have probably been great captaincy material for the first two weeks. Do, do we want to maybe just put in some guiding principles like with the studs? And these, you know, this is talking at the primo type end of players. You know, the guiding principles that we we follow um, when we do our super coach teams, maybe or yeah, uh, it's I mean. Yeah, like, I mean, in this case, the, the studs that we're looking at are just the guys that have uh, like have the highest averages over the last two weeks. And yep. um, it's when you sort of look at uh, a player that you want to have as a captaincy, you should also look at someone that's had uh, two high scores uh, rather than uh, one really high score and one lower score. So those are your more uh, vice captaincy options like, yeah, uh, Tom Rockliffs and Rory Sloans who can bang out a 150 or 160 yep. uh, and then drop back down to about 100. Now, same with the Bontempelli as well. Same with Bontempelli and with Dom Sheed as well. And I mean, really with Dom Sheed, if he'd had, uh, he's averaging 122 right now and if he'd had two 122s, I would consider trying to find a way to bring him in because that's really high consistent scoring. The fact that he had that 144 in week one and then 100... Uh, makes me feel like that 144 could have been a spike score and we could see some more hundreds coming. It's pro- probably the same with Brad Hill in there as well. Yeah. So, I mean, look, like it's... 
Um, it's a real tough one because when you you know when you're talking at this level, you, you're looking at the list going, oh, well, how can I get these some of these players in? And you know the guys like Rocky who are sitting at you know 400k, or or Brad Hill, Travis Boak, you know 420 and and 480 respectively. You know you're always looking at ways how do I bring them in? Um, when it comes to this selection, the main guiding principle I follow is are they going to be there at the end of the season? So if you go to make the effort to bring in a guy like Dom Sheed, maybe you're trading down a, um, an underperforming premium or, or something like that. Maybe you're looking at um, moving on a Robbie Gray or something. The question is, will Dom Sheed be in your side at the end of the year? Um, and, or, and will you be trying to trade back in Robbie Gray? I know everyone sits there and looks at if I can you know, trade out Robbie Gray now, I've got the 100K in the bank and then when I buy him, I'm going to buy him back at a low end of the market. But what you're not factoring in is the, the cost of limited trades in the season. And that's a really important factor when we're looking at this sort of stuff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, really the studs, looking at the studs at this time of year, unless these are guys that are also going to make a ton of cash and that you're comfortable trading out once they reach a certain point... I wouldn't be trying to target any of these guys at this time of year. These are the guys that over the course of the year you want to bring in. Yep. So Nathan Fife, Lockie Neal, uh, Jack McRae, Jake Lloyd, Patrick Dangerfield, if you haven't already got him, Patrick Cripps, Adam Trelaw, uh, to, to a lesser degree, Matt Crouch and Lockie Whitfield. I mean, these are guys that have performed really well over the first couple of weeks of the year and look like they're probably going to be near the top of the scoring over the course of the year and be reasonable captaincy options week in, week out. I'd say the only risk with bringing in a player uh, that features in both the the huge price rise and the high early scoring is that it only takes uh, like maybe one bad score to completely mm. l- l- crash their cash. Mm. Um, and you also have to have a cash out point. Like for me, as you said, if you didn't plan on Dom Shee being in your side... Uh, or you, you've just sort of seen him and you think, well, even if he doesn't go that well, at least I'll make some cash. You have to have a cash out point for people like that. So for Dom Sheed, maybe you go, listen, I don't really know who I want just yet, but what I will do is that I'll make sure that once he gets to 525K, means I've made 130K on him, I'm going to trade him out to the best premium that I can find at that price. If you've got a rule like that and you stick to it, that's fine. But what we often see is people bringing in a guy like Dom Sheed uh, and they're just holding him for the whole year because you can't find the right time to trade him out. And if he doesn't yeah. turn out to that full premium, um, you end up, yeah, I guess, wasting a trade and also not getting the points you were looking for. Absolutely. And I guess the thing that you and I often talk about is is premium history. So, you know, when you're evaluating, you know, Dom Sheed versus Tom Rockliffe, you know, Rocky has, you know, four years ago, he's got a premium history. He also has an injury history, which comes with a, a tax on it there as well. So it, it's a really tough consideration. I guess um, the way I kind of play it, if they're um, above 350K um, and I've selected them at the start of the season, unless there's, they've got injury troubles like uh, um, Toby Green, who we'll probably discuss soon, um, you, you hold on to them, you back your early decision. So for me in this mid-pricer type category for the midfielders, I made one space for it and I picked Brad Crouch. So I'm just going to stick with Brad Crouch for the moment. Um, I know you, John, selected Tom Rockliffe, which at the moment is paying off beautifully. 
Um, so that's that's a real thing. But you also view Rocky, as you've said in the previous podcast, as or what do you call him, Lockie? So right, Lockie. Yeah, you know, exactly. He's, he's locked in for the season almost for you, unless an injury happens. I e- think. Exactly, and I think that should be the case with most of these guys. I don't think, given their price, that you should be going after them. I think that if the opportunity came up, as you said, like an injury or something like that, maybe you can fit one of these guys in. But I really don't think you should be targeting these guys. These are the guys that you should have started in your side if you believed that they were going to score well. Yep. And if not, it's only two scores. You can have two good scores followed up by a couple of bad ones. So don't don't overestimate how well these guys are going to go based on that. Jack McRae's sitting third on the list and he's got a break even of 151. I mean... He's coming down in price, so he should be he should be an upgraded target. So, yeah, exactly. You know, if you want to take your your Sam Walsh or, or something like that and turn it into um, someone like a Jack McRae, that they, he should be your target to start filling out your midfield and pushing rookies off the field. Agreed, mate. Um, and now onto the spuds. Uh, these are really the guys that you should consider offloading. Yep. Um, so in some cases, they're, they're injury players like your Liam Shields. And I don't think most people in Classic would have started someone like a Liam Shields. Mm. Potentially, though, because of the increased responsibility he would have with Jago Ramiro gone. But if you did, he's injured. He's going to be out for the next four weeks and he's going to lose cash when he comes back and a lot of it. So yep. he's the kind of player that you just move on. Um and potentially, if you're moving out somewhere like that, then you can grab a rocky type yep. um, because they are within your price range and you sort of save that cash lost. Um, but the other guys are more around the, um, the either the mid-price or the rookie price. And these are guys that have just not scored well enough in the first few weeks. It's not necessarily purely based on cash loss. This is purely based on scoring the spuds. So um, the spuds for the first two rounds of the year are Alex Fasolo, Jack Lukosius, Cade Kolejasny, Jack Henry, Oleg Markov, Noah Bolter, and Nick Blakey. Um, and I mean, in a couple of these guys' cases, it's a little bit harsh on them. So Blakey is a rookie. Uh, he's averaging 41. There's rookies that are averaging worse than 41. But at a 166K, he's an elevated price rookie. You would be expecting more from him. Yep. And he's not going to make the same amount of cash as somebody that is even averaging 50 uh, but costs you only 123 or 117k, so yeah. I'd say it's potentially worth offloading if you've got any of these guys. Yeah, Noah Bolter's probably depending on if he gets named this week. I think um, Cade Collegeasney's only played one game, I think. So again, you're probably not probably not um, selections that a lot of people have made um, in Cade Collegeasney's case, at least. Just simply because he he didn't play round one, so guys, people will be looking at him as a trade two target. Yep. But maybe he gets struck off that list. Um, Noah Bolter. Let's just wait and see what happens. Richmond's obviously lost uh, Dylan Grimes, um, Alex Rance out for the season, and, and a few others. So I reckon Bolter's probably a, a chance to come in this week. So um, a lot of these guys, you've just got to. You've really got to make your call now. If they're if they're on two games and they're on the bubble, and they're not looking like they're going to make any money, um, trade. It's worth burning that trade to get a rookie that's going to make you cash. And that's sort of the area that I'm sort of sitting with Noah Bolter at the moment. So I'll, I'll talk through it in more detail later. But Noah Bolter is one of the players in my side that I'm considering trading out. The only reason is because uh, he's not going to make cash in the next week. And he's got an average, he's got an 18 sitting in his cycle, which means his first week of cash generation will be lower anyway. So I'd yeah, say at but, worst case scenario, even if I traded him out, 
in two weeks' time, when someone else has made 100K, if he looks like a must-have, I can trade back to him. Yeah, I guess the, the thing with Bolter is that um, he's going to have the 18, but that first score, as we all know, isn't the big effect on the cycle. It's all about two and three, not game one. So I'd probably you know, let him let him come back um, if he's going to play this weekend, see what he does, make the assessment from there. There's you know, quite a few one-game rookies that might be options, so I, I reckon just play it by you with him. That's my opinion. Yours is trade, so... You know I like a trade. Um, and now, these are the guys, uh, the next lot of guys are the guys that you should own. Um, so most of you should have most of these guys already. Um, it's a bit harder with the mid prices because these guys who the should you own them um, I mean there's a bit of a question with a couple of them but if you own these guys you're going to make a lot of cash which is good I mean the real obvious ones are at the top like Willem Drew uh, Matt Parker Charlie Constable Xavier Dersma Zach Butters um, and then probably probably gets a bit harder there so I'd say that Jordan Clark being a defender um, Jack Scrimshaw, another guy who's a defender, is sort of finish out that sort of you should own these guys territory. Yeah. Then there are a couple of other guys that are a bit higher priced, which I'm um, having some trouble with understanding whether they are necessary or I can pass on them. Those, those are guys like uh, Luke Davies, Uniac, uh, Tom Rockliffe and Dom Sheet again, both in this list and in the high scoring list. Uh, Josh Bruce, he's had a couple of early good scores. Tom Libertore as well had a couple of early good scores. Bailey Scott had a terrible score last week, which is going to hold his price for a little bit down for a little bit longer than we wanted, um, but has the potential to score well. And we know that now that he's played with Gastro in week two, so yeah. there's a chance that that was just a blip and that he'll be right back to it. And then also my boy, um, Connor Rosie. Um, and the reason he's a he's a maybe, uh, even though his scoring has been definitely good enough to bring in, is just because I don't see him uh, as a great option year one. I think that he's had two good scores, but knowing what he's been like um, at under-18s and even at sample level, I think he'll have a couple of down games as well. So, Yeah, I guess it's just about the cash generation. We know with a lot of these rookies, it's going to be you know early season spike and then they tail off, so... You know, we've got to predict, well, we've got to try and predict when we're going to um, shuffle them out and upgrade. We want to make the maximum value, but um, I guess when it comes to trading out, I believe that, you know, if it's going to get you the premium you're targeting, um, that's the right time to trade rather than, you know, the top of the market. You can always hold on for a little bit longer and try and squeeze it, but the market's always moving. It only takes, I think, a couple of years ago, I, I tried to do that with uh, Robbie Gray when he was about 400k and I held off and you know he had some insane break even of like I think he was averaging about 80 and he had a break even about 135 and I'm thinking new beauty here I go and then he pulls out a 170 or 180 and actually ends up going up in price and I missed him by 5k um, just simply because I waited that extra week now you can't predict they're going to go off like that but in an effort to try and squeeze the last bit out of my rookie I missed out and that was a real lesson I carry forward and you know, if I can make the trade happen and I'm targeting a player I think is going to be in my side at the end of the year, that's the right time to trade. Um, in terms of a lot of these guys, um, you'd, you'd say with the more mid-price or more expensive guys, so James Cousins is also on that list. I've got him in my side. Um, you know, I'd look at him and think he's an M9. 
like he's got a role all year and as long as he keeps playing the way he is I'm thinking he's going to be a an M9 midfielder on my bench I don't intend on trading him unless I absolutely have to um, some of these other guys you know Luke Davies Uniac's a really interesting case that we've been having a bit of a debate about on our um, on our super coach whatsapp I think um, about whether you you make the effort to bring him in I guess him being a mid only makes it quite difficult especially with considerable amount of good midfield options like Atkins and Constable and um, oh, Drew's probably in most people's forward lines you've got Butters and um, you know, Bailey Scott as well so a lot of people you probably find you know this week are going to be making the decision do I jump on the the tails of a, of a big price rise with Uniac or do I hold on to the rookie that I've got at the moment and that's the I guess that's the big question because for me I got a couple of guys and I'm sure everyone has a couple of guys in their team but as you said guys like a Gibbons or an Atkins who really when you look at their scoring they're probably going to still make that 150k it mm. just will take maybe six or seven eight rounds to actually get there because they haven't had any big scores yet but I'm still sort of tossing up is it worth uh, chucking out a Gibbons and bringing in somebody like a Luke Davies Uniac just for that immediate sort of punch that 118 in Davies uh, Davies Uniac cycle is going to drive him up quickly Uh, it means that I'll have two weeks of probably uh, a 60k and a 50k price rise meaning that he jumps very quickly into that 300 bracket yep but as you said it costs a trade and it only takes Gibbons having one big score to make that a mistake and that's sort of where I fall with all of that is that I think we spoke about it with the 200k plus guys like Walsh and Cousins um you the advantage of of picking a guy like Gibbons and picking uh, Atkins you know at 102 and 112k respectively is that they only need to average 60 to get the same price rise that you need an 80 average from these 200 guys so yeah and when you weigh up, I guess, the cost of a trade as well, people use different estimates for how many dollars they think a trade is worth. Some people say, you know, 100000 maybe up to 150000 a trade. Uh, that's where it sort of gets a bit off balance. So if you're trading a guy like a um, Gibbons up to a Davies Uniac, not only are you uh, losing the opportunity of getting a big score from that lower-priced rookie, but also you're spending a trade. So really you have to make an extra hundred grand from that player in order to make it worth it. So really this only works for somebody maybe like a Blakey who's averaging 40 yeah. Uh, yeah. rather than anybody else. Um, if they're averaging 50 or above, they're going to make that 150K. You just have to let them play for a little while. Yeah. Um, and whereas Davies Uniac, if you want him to make 250K to make the trade worth it, he's going to have to average 90 plus most of the season and... I personally am not sure he's got it in him as a second-year player. I see him, his career more as a slow burn than a, um, early out of the blocks. Yeah, look, and I think it's going to depend on as other guys come back in for North Melbourne as well. So, um, you know, Bailey Scott had a big first week then playing with Gastro, so Uniac picked up and, you know, I think he's a talented player and he's... You know, not going to he's not going to disappoint if you've got him already, if you jumped on the early train. Um, but yeah, unless you've got a player like like what you're saying, like that Blakey, that slightly higher priced um, rookie, it's probably not really um, worth it. Yep. 
Um, I guess final, um, well, not the final, the final for things that aren't our team, we will go through our teams after this, but is uh, should you consider selling premium? So do you trade a premium at this stage of year? The general law is that you don't, you never, no. never trade premiums, but I've got sort of um, two schools of thought on this. So um, there are some guys with high break-evens that you obviously shouldn't trade out that have scored really well this week, like, yeah, Brody Grundy. Max Gorn. Max Gorn. These guys have break-evens over 200, but are clearly worth keeping. There are other guys that have had a role change and are clearly not worth keeping, and those are guys like Gary Ablett, Ed Kerno, uh, then and David even- Mundy. Yeah, David Mundy. I mean, even to a lesser extent, steel side bottom, just with the availability of points in that Collingwood midfield, yeah. where you could theoretically look at that and go, they're, they're not going to score the way that I want them to score for the entire year, uh, and it's time to pull the trigger. Now, David Mundy, I don't put in that same bracket because I do think that he can get back to premium scoring. But here's sort of where I sort of fall on the whole, do you trade premiums? What I believe is that at this stage of year, you don't side swap premiums. So you don't trade uh, Dustin Martin to Matt Crouch, uh, as in no no points. Uh, I mean, no additional cash or anything like that. No additional flexibility. You've just traded one for the other. And very realistically, Dustin Martin could outscore Crouch for the rest of the year and you yep. would be regretting that trade. But I am open to uh, changing your structure with a premium that has gone bad. Uh, so for me, that's David Mundy, and he's one that I'm really considering trading at this time of year. So David Mundy, uh, if you didn't know, he scored a 35. He's got a huge break even. He'll probably drop 100K in the next two weeks and probably be someone that's good for the buy list in a couple of weeks' time. But I have an 80 averaging um, rookie sitting on my bench in my forward line in Parker yep. who I could bring onto the field and take one of my defensive rookies off the field uh, through a DPP swap and also bring in uh, anyone that I want. Now, I don't think it's right to bring in a premium. So what I would consider doing is bring in someone that I've missed uh, in in the rookie sort of space. So either a Scrimshaw or a Darcy Moore, um, even to a lesser extent, a Brian Myers who's carrying that 80, 86, 87 in his round two score. So he's going to b- uh, bounce 100K or so. Mm. These are just like, this is not a side swap it's adjusting your entire structure so getting the right rookies that you want on the field um by adjusting your structure um i i think has some merit but it's yeah. always fraught with danger of course it is and that's the it's the cost and and that's i mean i'm not facing as serious a decision as the david mundy in terms of the 520 but i do have a um i have a toby green issue yet again toby's burnt me um, my history with Toby Green is, has not been a pleasant one. Yeah, um, I think I've been burnt by him, you know, at least two or three years, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, what I'm looking at doing, I guess, there's kind of you know three options I'm floating. There's two potential targets, which is um, uh, I've looked at side swapping into a, a James Warple, um, who I think has got some reasonably good-looking scoring potential. Um, my problem with Warple is, uh, can I see him in my side at the end of the year? Um, and that's my my difficulty in justifying trading into him. Um, if I'm going to use him as a stepping stone, then it's pretty much the cost of two trades, which to me is 
it kind of outweighs it, it devalues the trades to me so the other player I'm looking at is, is as a side swap is a Scott Lysette I've got enough cash to get into a Scott Lysette um, as I think that given his you know dual position status and he's um, clearly a number one ruck at Port Adelaide I, I think he's going to his basement is about an 85 scoring average um, and his his ceiling is probably you know that big boy McAvoy area about 100 and 100 to 105, um, which would be lovely as an F5, F6, which is where I kind of plan. So I can see him long-term. He's a little bit more expensive. Um, and then the third option is the one that John was talking about, and it's that, that you know, using, downgrading that position into a rookie. I've got Matt Parker sitting on the bench, so I can bring him on. I can grab a Grian Myers or a Connor Rosie at a bit more price. Um, and... Um, devote that cash elsewhere to the upgrade once the rise comes through. So, I know it's a that that's a double trade strategy, which goes against the first one, but it's a lower risk because you're coming in with a player at 117 or 160k, rather than a player at 400k. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that that's that's uh, that's I guess where I sit with that, um, which is the biggest decision I've got facing this week. Yeah, well, we're actually going to look at our teams now, and given that we've yep. we've just looked at the people that you're considering bringing in for Toby, um, why don't you take us through how you've been in the first couple of weeks? Yeah, so I had a, an average first week. I think I've got a just just shade under twenty one hundred. I think it was twenty eighty eight for me for that week. So. I pushed out to about 29,000th overall. I think it was a difficult week for a lot of people. Um, last week, um, I shot back in with a 2300, 2302, um, to push up to a rank of 6,300. So yeah. um, performing quite nicely at the moment. Um, trying to limit the trading at the moment as well. Um, I'd usually like to start my big trade season off about round five or six. And in the past where I've kind of screwed myself is uh, jumping too early at round four and round five and, and not properly thinking through change trades. So um, there's been a few years where I've started off very well and, and then just completely destroyed myself um, with you know, panic trades, which is what we always try and get out of. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it. I mean, I love a good trade, so I end up starting early. Uh, but I'm, I'm sitting... Uh, I think 12,000th overall at the moment, had it 22.89 this week. Um, and I'm really, uh, the more I look at my side, the happier I am. So when you're looking at your start of season rank and you look across the ground and you've got really no big problems, you got to like, yeah. it may be a correction or two here or there that you might make, but really the rest of your side is humming along quite nicely. The season rank doesn't really matter that much. Just give it a couple of weeks and let some of those rogue mid-prices that are in all of the top sides at the moment uh, level out a little bit and yeah. let the premiums then you're in your team and are already performing come through um, and you'll move up your rank slowly like that way. I guess the big question for me is what to do with Mundy. Um, obviously, I flagged that he's out. Uh, so I really haven't considered Warple or Daniel that much. Um, it's only something that I've started considering today. Uh, but... What I'm probably thinking of doing is swinging Mundy out to either more Scrimshaw or Grian Myers. Um, and the other trade that I'm looking at making um, is is either Bolter or Heaney. Um, not Bolter or Heaney, Bolter or Hoare, uh, both who didn't play in rounds two. And if either one of them 
is out again, then that one will go. If both of them are in, I'll still consider trading Bolter to potentially Scrimshaw because I can see that his scoring and placing team is quite solid. Uh, and I'm not as sure on Bolter. I'm just afraid that he's going to be in and out of the side. And really, uh, at this stage of the year, I just want guys in my side that are going to make as much money as possible. Uh, but that's really it for the first week of the... Um, I mean, for the third week of the, um, the Supercoach season... I hope that this has given you some insight into how you should look at managing this this week. I wouldn't be going crazy uh, with guys that you, everyone's pretty confident are going to be top three uh, in their sort of area of the ground, like your Isaac Heaney's, um, Kate Simpson, a lot the same, and Lance Franklin. If you've got any of these guys on your side, you know they're going to come good. Uh, just give them time um, and, and make sure that you've got all the best rookies and, and you'll be in for a good season. Um, thanks for joining me again Sean and um, it was great to be back on the air with you yeah it's good to be back guys and thanks for for allowing us the week off and um, hopefully we hit you with a lot more content over the next few weeks yeah thanks guys bye